This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood Hessian. Hi, I have something special for you today. I did a session on January 8th called Authenticity 2024, and over 100 people signed up with very little marketing. And so it got my attention that this is a topic that y'all want to talk about. And I'm here for it because it is the foundation of the movement into the age of humanity that I am so passionate about. And so I have it here for you on the podcast. It is a set of reflection questions and some context about why authenticity is harder than it needs to be and what's happened in the history of work and what do we need in the future. And so I'm excited for you to listen and feel free to, you know, listen in your car on your treadmill, how you normally listen, but also save this and grab it when you have time to sit down with your journal and jot some things down. But for now, just listen and think about some of these questions. If you want to pause it in certain spaces to really dig in and let your mind wander about who you are and what your life is about, I would love that. And if you become so inspired that you want to take this even further, I have a six-week experience that's a combination of one-on-one coaching, video learning, and group coaching that you can jump into starting the week of January 22nd. And we're going to run through International Women's Day. So it's the perfect time for reflection. As you'll hear in this episode, the winter season is the perfect time to hunker in on these shorter days and reflect and give yourself the stillness that you need to rest and understand what you need to really be your best for the rest of 2024 and forever and ever. So here we go. Share this with all your friends and colleagues and neighbors and stuff. Okay. Love you, mean it. Here we go. On January 8th, I hosted an event, a virtual event called Authenticity 2024. And more than 100 people with very little marketing showed up because authenticity has become more important than it's ever been. It's always been important, but in a post-2020 world, it's getting more attention and I'm here for it. So authenticity, the reason we want it is it is a fundamental component of a happy life, as the folks at LiveYourTrueStory.com have illustrated. It just means that you are living aligned with who you really are. And oftentimes that is difficult because we are wanting to be liked or we're seeking approval. And when we live in that state of misalignment from who we really are, to who we're showing up trying to be, it not only energetically causes us problems in the vibes that we put out and therefore what we attract, but it also causes our cellular structure to be misaligned and things just don't feel right. And in fact, it can be the cause of physical illness and just a general sense of, why aren't I happy? I've got a good job. I've got a decent house. I've got good people. Why don't I feel good? And it isn't as a parent in the way that we can point out, I want this or I don't have that. And that's why I don't feel good. It's just because we're not just, it's not a just thing at all. It's because we're 
living out of alignment with our true selves. And in a post-2020 world, it's never been more important and we desire it more now because we realize that the old model of success, the achievement-based success, the old way of thinking post-2020 just doesn't fit anymore. And we want a life that is more aligned to our true self. We want more balance. We want to live, quite frankly, a better life that feels better to us. And the reason this has been so difficult is because, as Herbert Friedenberger, the very first person who diagnosed burnout in 1974, and the way he described the root cause of burnout is the compulsion to prove oneself, an obsessive need to perform, achieve, or care. And it tends to affect the conscientious people who show enthusiasm, who accept responsibility. Those are the high achievers, the career professionals, the people who want to do a good job. And so back since 1974, we've had this compulsion to prove ourselves. And I have a lot of theories on why that is, and I'm not going to go deep into that today. But if you're like me, I grew up that prove yourself and work harder were the success metrics. That's what we were taught as a child, as an adult, as an employee, that if we did those two things, we would achieve a level of success. We would have this great life. But unfortunately, what it's really proved to be is a, a case of misalignment where it just doesn't feel like it should or could. And Herbert went on to publish this report on burnout that says when you start with a compulsion to prove yourself and work around the 12 stages of burnout, you end up working harder, neglecting your own needs, and just kind of putting yourself to the side and living out of alignment. And ultimately, it ends up with us being willing to change who we are, which ends up in depression and, and full-fledged burnout. So as a good coach and consultant, I always go to root cause. And I said, well, if we can just focus in on those first three causes of burnout. We don't have to deal with the rest. And so the root of burnout is to prove yourself and work harder and be willing to neglect your own needs. And so in order to live authentically, we're going to have to dismiss this and move into this place of knowing ourselves and being willing to take care of ourselves. The actual definition of burnout is a state of fatigue or frustration brought about by a devotion to a cause, a way of life or relationship, what we would say devotion to a career or a role at work that failed to produce the expected reward. And I want to pay attention to devotion and expected reward because this just work really hard and achieve a level of success and then you'll be happy isn't panning out. Burnout numbers are on the rise. So why is it so damn hard to be ourselves? Shouldn't authenticity be the easiest thing? Just wake up every day and be ourselves. Well, because of this, prove yourself and work harder that goes way back to, quite honestly, the 1900s when we became an industrial age society and we needed to work for someone else for a paycheck. And that's where the root of prove yourself started. And we've just exacerbated it over the years. And so I'm not saying we dismiss our 
desire for a great business or great work ethic, but we need to be very careful that we distinguish that the business needs and the human needs are very different. The business needs to control, measure, and optimize goals, dashboards, metrics, and our human needs are personal, emotional, and social. And so we typically measure our business uh, with time or money, something that we can put on a spreadsheet or on a graph. And the measure of a great life is felt through our nervous system. And we've not honored feelings as a guide much in our work lives. And so in order to live authentically and to really seek authenticity, we get far more familiar and comfortable understanding who we are, how we feel, what we want, and what we need, and honoring those needs. And that's so damn hard because that is not the way that we've been brought up. We were brought up to prove ourselves and work harder, to get good grades, to have good attendance, sacrifice yourself. And once someone notices you and says you're great, everything's going to be great. And so we've not been coached or nurtured in a way that said, well, how do you feel? What do you need? What do you want? Maybe you should take a break. Maybe you need some rest. And so authenticity isn't our comfort zone. It's not the way that we were shown. And so in order to move from prove ourselves to know ourselves, and from working harder to creating the conditions to thrive, which is the great shift that I teach people as a thrive guide, goes against most of the patterns that you have been taught, modeled, and living. And so it feels wrong when we do it because we're living off of patterns of the past. 80% of the decisions that we make every day are below the level of consciousness. We're just repeating patterns of the past. And so what I like to do is help you bring that subconscious into conscious thought so you can disrupt that pattern and make the shift and the changes that you need to live more authentically. And in a post-2020 world, going back to the definition of burnout, devotion and expected reward has changed. So we no longer want to live in that devotion to just our career and our role and our company, we want a devotion to a great life, a well-balanced life, one that is encompassing of our personal lives, our family, our hobbies, our interests. And the expected reward has shifted. It's no longer about just great pay and benefits. The expected reward is to live a more holistic, balanced life. And so in order to do that, we're going to have to disrupt some of the patterns of our past that have gotten, quite frankly, all of us to this place of a burnout epidemic. So I'm calling on you, the compassionate, dedicated, devoted women of the workforce, to join me in leading this shift and I like to think of it as the shift from the industrial age model of work to what I call the age of humanity, where our devotion is to create the conditions to thrive. Our devotion is to know ourselves in a deep way so that we can be ourselves and attract those things that are meant for us and model this for our children and our colleagues. And so the way that we do this is through reflection and then connection 
that helps us provide the direction that we need in our lives. So we start with reflection. Who am I? What do I want? What am I good at? And so the first exercise is a very simple one, but profound, and it starts the reflection process. And it's this simple grid that says, what do you love to do that you're great at? So the continuum is, what do you love to do across the bottom? And what are you great at across the top? And so you'll want to write those things in that top heart box of what do you love to do that you're great at? And just list all of those things out. Start with work and then move into personal hobbies. I even think about it in terms of the housework and the things that needs to get done on a regular basis as an adult. There are certain things that I love to do that I'm great at and certain things that I'm not. But get a really good holistic list of who you are based on what you love to do and you're great at. And then start to break it down and say, well, what do I love to do? But I'm not great at it. But maybe I'd like to invest some more time to get good at it. Maybe it's an artistic endeavor. Maybe it's a new career opportunity. I don't know what it is for you, but I just want you to honor some reflection time. And then take a look at what are you great at, but you don't love it at all. Sometimes we've developed skills and talents and coping of things that just have to be done. But quite frankly, they drain our energy. And if we could not do them, that would be great. Maybe we're just doing them because they're habitual. They're just patterns of the past. And again, start with work and then move into personal hobbies, your day-to-day life. And then finally, the bottom left-hand quadrant, what do you not like to do when you're not great at? This is the place that you want to look at. How much energy are these things costing me? What happens if I just stop doing them? And that's always my first suggestion. Just stop doing them and see who notices. There may be things that you're doing habitually that no longer serve you or the organization or your life that you can just stop doing. And there are really no consequences to it other than you get some energy back. And maybe this is the box that is about delegation. Maybe there's somebody else on your team or in your family that is great at this and loves to do it that you could switch some things off and uh, get this off your to-do list and out of your mind and free up some space. So this simple little grid, spending some time in quiet reflection is a starting point to really know who you are. The next step is to release some things because societal expectations of prove yourself and work harder have been the way that we've lived our lives. That We've taken on things. We've taken on others' expectations. We've taken on societal expectations that are hovering us, weighting us down, and preventing us from being our authentic, unique self. So if we can shed some of those layers and shed some of those burdens and expectations, we can get into the heart of more of who we are. So take a moment and just think about what are some beliefs that you have? Maybe it starts with the prove yourself and work harder, just shedding that alone and realizing that is not the end-all be-all means to success that we thought it was and to release that into some curiosity of reflection. But there are other things. There are things that you've been taught and told that 
releasing them will help you live more authentically. I'll show you a place where you can download some free workbooks to help you release your burdens, let go of some of these things. This is a a workbook that I created that helps you walk through that process and what do you need to let go of to live more authentically. So I highly encourage you to download that and make some time to reflect in that piece. In order to live authentically, we need to really pay attention to those patterns that are existing in our lives. And I want to make that conscious versus the subconscious because reflection is really the act of observing yourself and the patterns that exist in your life so that you can then ask yourself, are these serving me or do I need to disrupt some of these patterns to live the life that I want? And so one of the ways that we do that is through a daily stillness practice. In this practice, what we do is literally we get still for 10 to 30 minutes at a minimum every single day in reflection, in stillness. And this is not our normal pattern for most of us. It wasn't for mine. Now, I've been in it for about seven years now. And my daily stillness practice is now an hour, but it started out with just 10 minutes of feeling like the longest 10 minutes of my life twitching because we're not accustomed to stillness. But it is this practice that will help us disrupt our regular pattern of frenetic busyness and constantly proving ourselves to work harder that will allow us to go inside and know ourselves. And so this first practice of reflection will probably be uncomfortable. In fact, you'll probably suck at it at first because we're accustomed to go, go, go all the time to prove ourselves and work harder. And what I, I love is a is what someone in, I interviewed on a podcast told me one time is we're all addicted to something. She was actually a doctor. And she said, we're all addicted to something. If it's not drugs, alcohol, sex, or shopping, it's probably busy. And so being still will feel wrong. And that's the point, is to understand your patterns and to disrupt those. And from an actual physical perspective, we need stillness to settle our cells. So the life of a busy career person is constantly busy. Think of it as a snow globe. Our lives are constantly getting shook up. And when we shake up a snow globe, there's all this glittery stuff spinning all around us. Even the good stuff is a lot of stuff. And so that represents the stress and the busyness that exists in our lives, the good stuff and the not so good stuff. When we set the snow globe down, we let all of that settle daily. And when it settles, we can see out and what's out can see in. And that is a beautiful representation of authenticity. And we don't get to that place without stillness, without letting things settle. And from a physical perspective, when we let things settle, it allows our cells in our body to settle and to realign. Because when we live in this constant state of stress and movement and busy and activity, we elevate our cortisol levels, which disrupts our cellular system. And it actually causes illness, autoimmune, cancer, heart disease, as well as just a general sense of 
disconnectedness. We don't have access to our creativity. We don't access to great decision-making. We're in survival mode of just keeping everything moving all the time. And so a daily stillness practice is a key to authenticity. And winter is a great time to practice this stillness. And I scheduled this session on January 8th as the kick off the new year planning process because that's what business has told us is the way to do it. And I've lived with that belief for a long time. But one of the things that I've now been able to release, because I now understand that honoring nature and honoring the seasons is a key to us living more authentically aligned to the way we were created. And the season of winter is more about restoring, being still, being reflective. It's actually a fin season as well. It's nesting. It's cleaning of closets. It's letting things settle like that beautiful blanket of fresh white snow and when snow blankets the earth it quiets things that's why when you go out after a snow it just feels peaceful and so this season is about more peace more stillness and spring is when we want to set goals when we're ready to get out and the days are longer and we've got more energy And so one of the first things I invite you to release is this belief that you have to have all of your goals figured out. Let's get the year going. Just not doing that anymore. And so I encourage you to honor this season in a time of reflection for you to get to know you. I call it mug hug season. When we could just sit and hold that warm cup of tea or coffee and just look out at nature, maybe it is snowing where you are, and just be and see what bubbles up when you let all of the stuff that's been spinning around settle. In there somewhere is who you really are authentically. And so again, I have a workbook to help you do a daily stillness practice because likely it's not going to be as comfortable as you'd like for it to be. But like a workout routine or anything else, anything worth doing is worth sucking at it at first and building skills, building muscle, building the pattern of daily stillness. Because I can tell you now that it is the most significant business and life practice that I have and you can't make me give it up. It is entrenched into my patterns, my beliefs, and what I know is fundamentally one of the keys to my success. So you can download that workbook as well. I'd like you to make a commitment to say, I'm going to practice daily stillness from now in this winter season until March 8th on International Women's Day. Let's just really rest and nest and be still. Sure, you're still going to go to work. Sure, you're still going to do all the things. But commit to this daily stillness practice to restore and reflect and honor getting to know you in that stillness. And on March 8th, which is a Friday, we'll come back together and celebrate and talk about how it's gone and share stories. And so this first commitment is all about let's do it together because it's going to be uncomfortable. But if I know others are out there living through this discomfort too, it'll make it more fun, 
a little easier for us. And then we can come together and celebrate in a virtual Zoom meeting together on March 8th. And in the link that I'm going to show you, you'll find a place to add that to your calendar. Okay, you are not a machine here to produce. You are a beautiful human here to be valuable, relevant, and make an impact. These are the things that I help my clients do as their Thrive Guide, as their coach, or as a keynote speaker, is lead you to understanding that your authenticity is your greatest value. And how can we take our greatest value and bring it out into the world, into our careers, into our relationships, into our families in a really relevant way so that we can have the kind of impact that we desire as those devoted career professionals that we are. So I want you to fall in love with your story because your story is your value. Your story represents all of the experiences that you've had throughout your life, the things that you've learned academically, the things that you've overcome in your struggles, the things that you've verified by living your unique story. You've tested some things, you've tried some things, you know what works for you and what doesn't. And also what lights you up emotionally. What really gets you in the feels, whether it's things that you love that cause you joy or whether it's things that really aggravate you and inspire you to take action. So the next reflection activity or exercise for you is to use the acronym of LOVE to do some journal reflection in your daily stillness time. And I just walked you through that conversationally. The first one is, what have you learned in your life? The L of love. We're going to use the acronym LOVE for this exercise. L represents what have you learned? And just let it flow. You don't have to walk through it as a resume. Just what's subconsciously, what, what bubbles up when you ask yourself that question? What have I learned? And just start jotting those things down. Second one is O. What have you overcome? We've lived a little. We've seen some stuff. And in those challenges... The way that we've learned to overcome is a big part of our story in our resilience, in knowing what's for us and what isn't for us. So journal, what have you overcome? And then V, what have you verified is true for you? It may not be true for anyone else, but we're all unique down to our fingerprints. And so our authenticity is unique. And so what we verified means I know this is me. I'll give you a couple examples. I've verified that no matter how cute Reese Witherspoon looks in bangs in her latest movie, I do not ever need to try bangs again. I have verified it through many attempts, several different stylists. I have multiple pictures to prove that's not for me. It doesn't mean it's not for others, but verification means we're living our unique lives. I've also verified that in this season of my business, I need more creative freedom. That wasn't true for me 15, 20 years ago. My corporate job allowed me to be wildly successful and make a great impact. But we are evolving, changing, growing human beings, just like the plants and the trees outside. 
And so sometimes we grow and evolve and what we verified is true is a call on our heart that we need to change and we need our careers to grow and evolve and change as well. And so verification allows us to honor that growth process and to honor the things that we know are true for us. And then E, what lights up your emotions? One of mine is I am passionate about connection, making sure that people have their place. And so everything about my business somehow channels back to that connection. I also get emotions for me are finding a place of creation in my spaces. I love to design beautiful rooms and spaces for myself. That makes me feel good. So while that's not my my job per se right now, it is something that I honor that is a part of, it feeds my emotions, it feeds my soul. So journal these things out. What have you learned? What have you overcome? What have you verified is true for you? And what really lights up your emotions? There's your second reflection exercise on this road to authenticity. The next one is, what was 14-year-old you doing for fun? 14 years old represents the beginning stages of autonomy when you get to make decisions for yourself. And if you've read Daniel Pink's book, Drive, all about motivation, the three things he says are driving of motivation is autonomy, mastery, and purpose, which is another way of saying living an authentic life. And so at 14 years old, we have more autonomy. We can pick our friends, our music, what we're doing in our rooms by ourselves. We don't have to go to the grocery store with our mom or grandma or father anymore. We can spend some time with us. What were you doing for fun when you were 14? Journal that for a bit. There's clues in there about what feeds your soul. Before you layered on all of the societal expectations from coaches and teachers and parents and bosses and others, who you authentically were was starting to bubble up at 14. And so dig into that a little bit. Maybe you were hanging out with friends all the time, which is a clue that you need to make more space right now in your life for friendships. Maybe you were spending time with a good book in solitude might be a clue that you need to spend some time doing that now. Maybe you were playing a sport. What was it that you loved about that sport? Was it the, I love to challenge my body with learning new things? Maybe it's time to take a class or revisit moving your body in that way. Maybe what you loved about the sport was the relationships and the team aspect of things. Maybe you could join a some sort of a rec league team of some sort to rekindle that sense of self that's not always attached to our work. But get back to what feeds your soul. Because as we've heard before, uh, Mel Robbins says this a lot. If you follow her and her work, nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's coming to save us. It's up to us to feed our souls. So there's another journal opportunity for reflection. Again, your story, who you are, is your greatest value, your greatest asset. It's like a financial asset. Who you are is what you're going to take out into the world and into your work looking for some sort of growth and return. I call it VRI. It's your value, relevance, and impact. And when we find our own VRI, 
We're not waiting for a performance review. We're not waiting for the boss to tell us we're good or our clients to tell us we're good. We're going to go from the inside out versus the outside in. And the way that we do that is we have to know ourselves. We have to know our story and our value first. Then we can go out into the world and we look for a way to make our value relevant, make it matter. A silly example, but it makes the point, is if you were the best sandcastle builder in South Florida and you move to Iowa, you have a relevance challenge. You either need to find ways to use the skills of sandcastle building in a way that is relevant in Iowa, or you may need to think about moving to a place that has sand for you to use your greatest value and skills. All of us have some sort of unique value. Again, we're unique down to our fingerprints. So when we know ourselves and go back to that grid, what am I great at that I love to do? Go to your love exercise. Who are you? What makes you great? Fall in love with that story and then picture it like, I have all of these gifts to give others, like gifts and talents and skills and ability and my personality and my style. This is who I am and I love it. And I can't wait to go out into my work or into the world and give these gifts in a way that's relevant. And so we want to show up to work every day knowing how to make those gifts matter, how to make your value matter. One example is maybe you are really optimistic and help bring out the best in others. And part of your relevance is to show up with your colleagues and your teammates in a way that inspires them to do that too. So your relevance isn't always about the what's called in the workplace hard skills versus soft skills. It's not about you know how to use Excel or you know how to be a great marketer. Sometimes our relevance is in the soft skills, the things about our humanity, the way that we show up. But in order to live an authentic, great life, both of those matter, both the skills that you've learned academically that you bring into your work and who you are as a human. Those are the most relevant combination of skills that you have. And then pay attention to the impact that those skills have when you look for ways to make them matter and to be relevant. And you want to look at rele- you want to look at impact in two ways. What's the impact on other humans in how you both feel in your work and your life, but also in how you're impacting the money-making model of the business? How are you impacting time and money? And when we show up every week in the way that we plan our week to use our value to be relevant and make an impact, that starts to release the expectation that we have to do it all in hopes that we get some of it right. Because let's face it, you're never getting caught up. You're never going to get it all done. And so if we can use our VRI model to be a great filter into the things that we're going to prioritize in our task list and in our meetings in the way that we show up, we can start to feel better about our work because we know the impact. We're not waiting on someone to tell us. So if you look at the list on the left is like, here's all the things that are on my list. Once you spend the time in reflection, I want you to choose those things that are going to be most relevant and impactful and prioritize those. And then each week, 
sit down and journal out your VRI. And I have another workbook for you to help you do that that walks you through the steps of how to increase your VRI so that your work feels better and has more business impact, which is the absolute benefit joy of living an authentic life is that you know how it matters because we want to make a difference. We want to be devoted and the expected reward is more about how work and life feels. So another commitment is between now and March 8th when we get back together weekly. Sit down for 20 minutes and journal the VRI, your value, relevance, and impact that you're having in your life and your work. I believe that this shift in a post-2020 society is the most significant shift we've ever been in, the most significant since the 1900s when we shift from the agricultural age to the industrial age. It's that big. It will impact everything about our lives. It already has. Remember when we used to think there's no way that much of our work could be done from home, and now we're just trying like crazy to make sure that we have the ability to work more from home, to glean that sense of balance or maybe that's not true for you maybe you need to go to the office to feel more productive and valuable and relevant again it's what have you verified is true for you but i believe that women have a powerful role in helping us identify what the future of work could should and needs to look like in order for us to feel better in our work and in order for us to diminish and ban the burnout that has become an epidemic and is on the rise, I believe we are the catalyst. We are the shift because we are built for connection, compassion, creativity. And not that men don't have these abilities, but there's a reason that we were chosen to bring life into this world and as our role as women to reproduce and bring life into this world comes some DNA that is really specific to these things and our ability to understand people's needs and to nurture those needs is exactly what the world needs today and what our workplace needs today. And it's proven that where there are more women in the workplace, there's higher degree of job satisfaction more dedication, meaningful work, and less burnout. And so rather than bemoaning and being frustrated and aggravated with what's happening, let's be the change. Let's live our unique, authentic lives like a piece of the puzzle. If you think about a jigsaw puzzle, each piece is unique with its jaggedy edges and the dust from the bottom of the box. But there are characteristics of a puzzle once it's built. It's far stronger. It's far more beautiful. And every piece matters. And I believe us showing up as women authentically models for others the desire and the ability to move away from that command and control of the industrial age that we've lived with for far too long and move into a sense of being devoted to who we are authentically, showing up to work, and having the expected reward be a stronger, more beautiful life where we feel better about our work and we make good money and make an impact. 
So in the words of the great philosopher John Mayer, (laughs) we're not waiting for the world to change. I believe we as women are the change makers of the world. And I wholeheartedly believe that if we change the work and we show up authentically, we know our VRI, we honor our nervous system and our cellular structure with daily stillness, we can change the world through the way that we work. Because honestly, making money ought to feel better, don't you think? And so I invite you to join this movement into what I call the age of humanity in living this way. And all of the recommendations that I have for you are free and simple to implement. But what's going to make them difficult is that the patterns of the past are going to want to keep pulling you back to the old way. That's our brain's hardwiring. Our brain thinks same equals safe. And when we disrupt things and we change things, our brain goes, hold on, what are we doing? Why are we changing these things? And so while I've given you free workbooks and free opportunity to do these things with stillness and journaling and reflection, it's not going to be as easy as we'd like for it to be. And so if you'd like to join me and spend a little money to make this pattern shift meaningful and make it happen quicker than it probably is going to happen on your own, I have a six-week experience for you to do that. And you will join other women on this quest in participating in some little videos that I've created that are, I say little, big in impact, little in time commitment. I've broken it down into three minutes, five minutes, six minutes, 10 and 12 minutes. So you can watch these in between your already busy life, but you'll also get together with a group and have one-on-one coaching with me to make sure that we can disrupt these patterns and move you into patterns that are creating your conditions to thrive. And then come International Women's Day, We can all stand taller in our story, our authentic story, knowing who we are and what we're about because we've verified it. We've done the work to know who we are and how we can increase our value, relevance, and impact. And I have an event that I do every year on International Women's Day called Stand Tall in Your Story. And this year it's on March 6th. International Women's Day is actually on March 8th. And you can attend virtually or live here in the Indianapolis area. And if you join the six-week experience, I will make sure you have a complimentary ticket to this event. And so you can watch the six women, plus myself, seven women that will take the stage sharing their authentic stories about their life and their work. I promise you it is an inspiring, beautiful event that will have you ready to stand taller in your story. And then I'm going to give you a link to learn more about this six-week experience, Thriving Authenticity 2024. It goes from the week of January 22nd through International Women's Day on March 8th, six weeks. So think about it as an intensive authenticity boot camp, but it will feel far better than a traditional boot camp, I promise you. I want to be your Thrive Guide. Because I know the power of women joining this movement and impacting not only our work, but our families, our neighbors, our relationships. We change the work, I know wholeheartedly, 
that we can change the world. So I'm going to leave you with this quote that represents that ripple effect of impact. This movement isn't just for us. It's for the generations that will follow us. Let the story of who you were shin shivers down the spines of your granddaughters. Let them hear about you as the woman who was herself, who did her thing and helped others along the way. Thank you, Tanya, for that great quote. Thank you for being here. I hope that you found these reflection questions uh, inspiring and helpful. Download your workbooks at the link that you're going to find here next. And please consider joining me for this six-week experience. Bring a couple of colleagues. Bring some people with you. Let's do this thing. All right. Love you, mean it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all, fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.